Hi everyone, and thanks for listening into the originals. Let's recap. Episodes one and two laid out what this is all about, footy and sport for sure, but also something much bigger. Because when the sports club with the greatest number of paid up members in Australia fields a women's team at peak level for the first time, it's a competition and culture changer. That's what's happening in 2020 with the arrival of Richmond's AFL Women's League team. In episode three, we went to Richmond's opening AFLW night. Then, last week, we got to know the senior coach, Tom Hunter. Among other things, he's into karaoke for drums. Who knew? Now, here in episode five, we're sitting down with one of the most formidable propositions in the AFLW. When fit and firing, she looks like she could do anything. She was named in the AFLW's All-Australian teams of 2017 and 2018. She played in two grand finals for the Brisbane Lions. Her name is Sabrina Frederick, and when Tom Hunter drew up his wish list of recruits, it was her name that topped his list. An original AFLW marquee status player, Sabrina Frederick moved from the Brisbane Lions to join Richmond Footy Club's original AFLW list. She also kicked Richmond's first goal in the AFLW. There are so many places this chat could have gone, on field and off. We got personal. So, here it is. It's great to see you. I know. It's amazing. (laughs) And I feel like I can't start anywhere other than how well you look. Oh, thank you. I honestly feel like this is the best place I have been in probably since I was really, really little. Um, So, thanks. Yeah, that means a lot to me, honestly, yeah. And I say that... Knowing that you are 22. 23 now. I'm a little bit older. Right, so you're the best you've been for 23 years. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's been a journey. I, I guess it is when you're going through that period of your life, but I'm in a good spot. Do you want to compare it to somewhere or some other time? Yeah, I mean, going through that 18, 19-year-old period, I think when you're trying to figure out where you want to go, you, you're just leaving school you know, trying to figure out what your values are personally and not what you've always been told. I left home at that time, so also just figuring out how to do the simple things on your own. And I think also part of that is learning that your your parents are, they've just done the best that they possibly can, but they're not superhuman. Hmm. Like they can make mistakes as well. So I think at that point in my life, there was a lot of change. I moved from Perth to Brisbane to pursue football, which is a big leap in itself, but to do it sort of on your own without support at that age, it was really difficult. I think just losing the love of the game during that process, I think it's just nice now to be in a spot where I really enjoy playing, I enjoy training, I'm really happy with my family life, I've got a partner, like I'm in a really good spot. So in terms of that, that's why I feel like it's a really good time for me. Yeah. (laughs) You've put tears in my eyes. (laughs) If someone is listening to this and they might have vaguely heard your name, Mm. they probably heard it with another name on the end of it. And some people are still calling you Sabrina Frederick Torb. Mm. Mm. I remember when Richmond publicised that Sabrina Frederick was Mm. coming and I thought oh my gosh they've made a massive Mm. blunder straight Mm. up they've got Mm. her name wrong yeah (laughs) 
and yet it feels like this is part of your moving here mm. and new life mm. that you're kind of describing. Mm. Am I definitely joining some dots? And how yeah. would you like to? You're probably actually the first person that's probably recognised the the link there. Obviously, moving to to Melbourne in itself was the first decision I had made for my future, not based on what other people think, which is a huge step for me. Having the chance to straight off the bat going to a new team and putting my name out there on something, you have an opportunity to start from scratch. So pretty much the context behind it is Traub is my stepdad's last name. Um, My stepdad had been in my life since I was five years old, so for as long as I can remember. So I felt like it was only right to carry his name during that time because without that support, I wouldn't be sitting here now. Financially, mentally, physically, he was had so much of an involvement in my life. So we weren't close, but he was still my dad. In terms of dropping the last name, my mum split up from my stepdad and I was going through the process of do I keep the name, do I remove the name and it was sort of a decision that I had to speak to about with him because I took on the name myself but to remove it without speaking to him about it would have been just not okay. Mm. Um, So speaking to him about the reason as to why I wanted to carry on as Sabrina Frederick was one... It's a decision that I had made and I felt like it was a time where I'm becoming an adult and it's time to really just, you know, that's my name and I'm going to own that. Um, Also to have a really great relationship with my biological father now is also part of that. But the third and most important reason to me is I'm about to marry my partner in December and she will be taking my last name and we want to carry the same names. It's a bit more than just a name um, to me personally, but I can understand the confusion to some people that had been sort of wondering why, (laughs) what's going on. And I really want to talk about Richmond. You go from Brisbane Mm. where you spend three years, you are a marquee player and you decide Mm. to move to Melbourne and and change your stripes. Mm. I think just... When I moved to Brisbane, I just had turned 19. So I think that you're very different when you're 19 years old to as when you are 23. And <clears throat> that decision sort of came about really, really quickly. AFL Women's became a reality. And all I've ever wanted to do is play football. So, you know, the chance of playing with one of my best friends, um, who's Taylor Harris, was in my mind the best thing ever. (laughs) So I jumped to that opportunity and sort of moved without thinking about what that was even going to be like, like moving at that age without any support. I'd never been to Brisbane before. Like it was such a, I I think like I wouldn't, I don't regret that move at all, but I think that the move happened really quickly without really thinking it through. And you go alone, you yeah. go on a wage of, yeah. uh, you know. Not much. <laughs> New City, 19. Yeah. yeah. Who did you live with and um, how, how did you live? So I did live with my partner for a bit, um, but it wasn't 
I mean, at that age, it's not really that serious. So, yeah, it wasn't like I could really dump everything. It wouldn't have been fair anyway if it was serious to dump all of my baggage onto one person. Like, it was yeah. it was hard. And that person was going through the exact same thing um, at that time. So that Taylor was probably the only other person there that I'd known for so long and she... I don't have many really close friends and she's someone that I relied on a lot there and it's something like a bond that she'll probably never know how much I appreciate what she does for me and did for me but yeah it was it was difficult and because I when I invest my time into something I really do invest and my time at Brisbane I I did love it like I loved the people there like I really got amongst everything at Brisbane but I just didn't feel whole, Mm. you know, even though I tried so much in parts, like there would be times where I really missed just that family element. And I'm a really family-oriented person and I think the club knew that and they tried their best, honestly. They tried their best to support me in that, to get my family over as much as they could or vice versa, but it still wasn't really filling that, that gap that I was missing, so... That sort of prompted the reasoning to think about where is the next step Mm. from there. Mm. And so thinking your family is in Perth. Yeah. And maybe tell us who family is to you and for you. At that point, my stepdad, my mum and my two siblings were in Perth. Now, currently, it's just my two siblings that are in Perth. My mum moved back to the UK recently after they split up, which was hard. It was that sort of stuff was happening around the time of where do I go from here? It was difficult in thinking I'm not going, if I was to move back to Perth, I'm not moving back to the same family unit that I used to have. Mm. So that was a massive, massive part that I had to really consider. Mm. And my partner's from Melbourne and all her family are here and they're very, very close. In my mind, that's all I've ever wanted and what I've wanted for my family going forward. And that was the main motivation to move to Melbourne. With all this in mind, you are starting to talk to your partner name, please. Her name's Lily. Lily. Mm. And you're like, okay, Lily, do we go to Melbourne? Mm. Is it you who suggests it? Is it Lily who suggests it? And Mm. then what happens? Mm. In terms of the timeline, it was mainly just discussing our future being a part of a a same-sex couple you obviously get the luxury in planning when you want to have kids in that respect Um, I see it as a positive and those conversations happened with us of, of where where is that for us where does that sit in the next few years with the timeline of us wanting to have kids it was sort of where do we want our family to be what do we want? Where we do you want them to go to school? And mm. that may sound stupid um, to some people, but those are the things that you think about. So then, when you're in the right place, it just happens organically. So, for us, it was after the the second season at the Lions, and I know there will be people that say you're already thinking about leaving before that third season or whatever it may be. But it wasn't like that. It was mm. very much. Where do we want to be? Mm. And the communication with the Lions was always 
like that. Craig and I had a really, really good relationship where he knew at some point I'd want to go home. He may have not thought it was going to be Melbourne mm. home, but I think he knew deep down that that's, that was what motivated me and drove me. So those conversations were happening between us and then we landed on, um, I think, Melbourne's the place where we want to have a family. Mm. So then it was sort of, OK, well, I love the Brisbane Lions. I've get dedicated so much time to this team and this club and I really do love the people here. I want to, I really want to see this through. And I, we did try. Um, that's where that third season came into it. Really just tried and gave everything. But again, things like that, you can't, you can't bring your family over to Brisbane. Mm. You can't force them all to move. Um, and that was the part that just kept on popping up for us little things that happen where you just you need that and I'm not saying everyone needs that but for me personally it was something that kept popping up that we needed yeah okay and then so you know that Richmond is coming into this competition yeah I don't know if you heard but on a previous episode of the originals Mm. (laughs) Tom Hunter said that you know, he has one person on the top of his wish list mm. when they're putting together a list and mm. it's you mm. and he didn't even think it was possible. Yeah. So how did it become possible? It wasn't until I was speaking to my manager at the time. She suggested talking to Richmond because she's very close with Kate Sheehan. Mm-hmm. So that's where that came from mm-hmm. was a suggestion of, hey, I know someone Let's just let's let I know someone. (laughs) Let's let's just just see. Let's just open the door and just have a conversation. And genuinely, that was it. It wasn't anything strategic or any um, like sit down plan to try and get me out. It wasn't like that. It was very much just, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm thinking of a change. I don't know where that's going to be yet, but I'm just letting you know. Mm. And. It sort of just went from there. Yeah. yeah. Was that the breakfast that yeah. Tom recalls involved almond scrolls? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't that breakfast. Um, we had we had a conversation, me and Kate, before that, but that breakfast was, was a good one, actually. <laughs> Kate, by them, I thought they had cooked it, but they I found out later they bought all that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit less impressive. <laughs> no, nah, to be able to sit down with... Um, I think it was Kate, Tom and Sarah, our wellbeing um, person at the club. Mm. And just, again, they little things like they invited Lily to the breakfast too and that without them even knowing, and I don't even think I've said this to them, but that showed a lot in their character and what they value because they knew it was important that she was there. So all those little things Mm. are adding up just having breakfast and and talking about the future and and what I wanted for life. It wasn't even what do I want in football, it was what do I want and where do we see our life heading. Mm. And I think football was honestly one of the last things we even spoke about, which was amazing. Mm, It's great. And and Kate actually told us too on this podcast Mm. that strategically they took someone or people to Mm. each meeting with you, with Katie Brennan Mm. and with Mon Conti. Mm. And when you think about who they chose for Mm. each, it it says a lot. And she said, Mm. we deliberately took our 
our wellbeing and welfare mm. person, Sarah Wiley, mm. for Sabrina, mm. and you're just making so much more sense mm. of this. And I mean, good on Kate. She was right yeah. on the money. Yeah. yeah, she's she. I knew a lot about Kate beforehand, just from obviously her last name Sheen is is a big name in football, and I knew that she played for Collingwood, but. My first conversation with her, I felt like we'd known each other for so long. Mm. Um, And that's really rare to Mm. have with people. Yeah. Fast forward and we're sitting here, you've just set this backdrop so beautifully. Mm. You walk into Richmond and I Mm. feel like, and I don't want to put the words into your mouth, I feel like you get your family. Like if you're Mm. in the city where Lily's family is... Mm this becomes your new family? Yeah. How soon does it happen? We've seen video of you, I think, in every promo of the team saying, I can't stop smiling. Yeah. How does it happen? Who creates it? Mm. And also tell us about your role that goes beyond Mm. on-field with the Tigers. In terms of, I keep saying Lily's family, but they're my family. So in terms of my family, there were a few Richmond fans within our family, Uh um, which was... When they found out that it was happening, they were honestly, like, so excited. <laughs> so, so excited for me. And coming to the club and my first day here, it felt like when you go away somewhere and you walk back home and you feel that sense of, like, oh, I can sit down on the couch and it's just like, mm. you know, like that just, oh, I feel so comfortable and that is what I felt like when I came through here for the first time. And that's why I was smiling so much, genuinely, because to get that feeling for somewhere you've never even been before, like, that's crazy. Coming here and and me- meeting all the people that make this club what it is, um, just it was just ticking all the boxes as I was going along, like, making me feel more warm and... Um, I knew I made the right decision for for me. I felt comfortable here. It was where I was meant to be. In terms of working, I was lucky enough that during the time of talking about me coming here, there was um, reshuffling going on and they needed more resources because AFLW obviously coming on board. Um, And I'd previously worked at the AFL in Queensland for the last three years, so... It came at the right time where a position in fan engagement came up and I just said, you know, like no pressure, but um, I'd love to put my name forward for this. Um, I think it'd be a really good fit for me um, for the work I've been doing in the past and what my passion is and sat down and had an interview with the guys here and I got the job. So (laughs) it's pretty amazing to be able to do two components at your job at the same place. And also, I think it's added so much appreciation to my football game Mm. because you realise how much work these people do, Mm. how much work goes into a game day and how many people are there to make that one match happen. Like, it's insane, which is what I was feeling round one for Carlton in that time. And you kicked that first goal. Yeah, in Richmond AFLW. It's pretty folklore. surreal. Yeah. Um, and I think it means a lot more knowing how proud people are of the, the history here. Mm. It, I think, yeah, it definitely means a lot more knowing how much 
histories talked about here and to even be in in that conversation, not only to be in that conversation as a team, but to be in that conversation as something I did in that game, which I wasn't thinking, I'm going to kick this goal because I'm going to be part of history. It wasn't that at all. It was, I'm going to kick this goal for the team. But, yeah, it was amazing and something that I will be able to tell my kids growing up. So it's pretty special. And it will live beyond you. Mm. It's kind of freaky thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It's but true. surreal. It's surreal yeah. and amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, very amazing. Yeah. So I'm excited. It brings me to a sort of a curiousness of what you're thinking about the state of play for AFLW mm. as a whole. Mm. I'll make the observation. I think it's really easy for people to sit back and go, oh, she's moved, she's gone there, mm. she's doing <laughs> that, she doesn't care about loyalty, mm. it's about money, blah, mm. blah, blah. Mm. Anyone listening to this hears mm. real life circumstances, yeah, and in a context too that sure you are part of a, a footy club mm. and you are professional mm. to the degree that the profession allows you to be, yeah. But yeah, there are there are real life things going on here, yeah. and footy is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. You've, what, you've nailed that. What would you like to table as someone mm. who people look to as mm. a voice? albeit one of 23 years of age, Mm. so not 30. Mm. What would you like to say about the state of play Mm. for AFLW players right now? It's, I think when loyalty gets questioned, it it hurts a bit, especially because I knew that I gave everything to that club. And even on my last day, it was emotional. We were all, I've sat down with them and told them my decision and I was really upset they were really upset it wasn't a malicious thing at all the media obviously have run with it um and made it difficult for for me to be as transparent because the information came a bit quicker than I would have liked but in that situation where you've given your all and you're moving because another reason it's got nothing to do with the football which sometimes it's not always the case but to get your loyalty questioned it's not very nice to be honest and especially when the game is growing so much the the players needed to move for the growth of the competition and in the future they're still going to have to move because if you want a competition that is sustainable and the talent the talent pool needs to be as spread as possible really even if it's not to do with there's just I think people forget in a work environment it might just not be the right place for you and that's okay. It doesn't mean it doesn't have to mean that the whole place is the worst and it's crumbling down. It just might not be where you want to be and there's somewhere that suits you better or makes you a better person and that's all right. Mm. And I understand that people and fans of clubs they're so invested so they feel almost betrayed when players do move. But sometimes I just hope and I wish that people just think these are human beings Mm. and they might not mentally be coping or they want to move because, I don't know, a best friend is playing another team and it's been a long long life dream to play with a best friend or it could be anything, really. And I think that to go after people for that reason, it's just not fair. It leads me to ask you, in a week where 
your captain, Katie mm. Brennan, has had an article that we see every second day, every mm. day, sometimes mm. in, in men's se- season, which mm. is, you know, let's drill down on is this person performing to the expectation? How do you feel mm. as a teammate, but also as just someone who is a fellow mm. AFLW player mm. about articles like this. Because mm. on the one hand, and I read a tweet from Meg Hutchins going, no, it's totally reasonable. This mm. is the kind of analysis we want mm. of AFLW. Mm. But I realise for you too, it, you would understand that when it's one player mm. in your team and your teammate, that it can feel a bit more bald mm. than it does when men are scrutinised because mm. of the development in that, competition yeah I think um in that situation it's really hard because I know that Katie is probably one of the most selfless people I've ever met honestly I knew her I've known her a long time but since moving here I've got to know her a lot more and to see that happen to her is really really difficult because you know what what she's like Mm -hmm. as a person in terms of the media what they do I personally think it's bullying the way that they go after some people for some things. And people make mistakes too. They're allowed to make mistakes. In terms of the men's game and where our game is at, I just find in that instance, I don't think it would have been put out like that if that happened in one of the men's games personally, which is hard because there's a whole other layer of... (laughs) Is this story being put out there because, I don't know, there's nothing else to talk about or is it because it's in its infancy and we can poke holes in in, in this competition? Um, it's hard. Whatever way, um, in the last few weeks, there's been multiple things, negative things that have been brought to light with the women's competition. And sometimes I just wish that we shed more light on the positive things that Mm. are coming out of this competition and the impact it is having on the country. Mm. It's it's hard to digest sometimes. It's complex. And, you know, I'm a journalist. I'm Mm. part of the media. Mm. So I've been asking myself, like, what is fair analysis? What is fair game? Yeah. The thing I keep coming back to is we can sit here and say it's season four of AFLW. Yeah. But that equals 25 games of football. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just had my 25th game on the weekend and it's it's crazy that it's taken four years to get there. That's... And there's, you know, there's going to be plenty more years to come. I think... I don't know how long the men's game's been going on, <laughs> I, honestly. We'll put it this way. If you are a lucky young man or old man yeah. who joins an AFL team like Richmond mm. and plays in your debut season and happens to make it through all the home and away and finals, Mm. you've played as many games in one year as you have in this fourth season. I think that's good context for everyone. It definitely is, especially because in that scenario, I think I only end up missing a semi-final and a final to get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> if you don't mind that I'm going to finish with, mm-hmm. it's a visual, but yeah. I know that we will get some beautiful photos. Mm-hmm. On your left hand, mm. you have a stunning piece Ooh. of jewellery on. Yes. Just tell us about it. My engagement ring 
it's pretty I don't wear much jewelry but it's it's so important to me and I'm a traditionalist in the sense that um, it means a lot when I look at it every single time I look at it it means a lot to me the ring was given to me by my fiance and it actually has 12 black sapphires in it which resemble not only the date that we will be getting married but the date that um, we met. It was actually given to me on a night that we were going out for dinner. It was a surprise. Um, I had already proposed to my fiancé before that, so it was out of the blue. I didn't really know it was coming at all, um, but it meant a lot to me because like, it's something that I can see every single day, even if I'm not with her, and I, to get to a point where... You're happy in yourself to be able to give something to someone else is a really good spot to be in. Well, it sparkles on your hand. Thank you. It's <laughs> written all over your face. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly to be in love with someone is is honestly um, an amazing thing. So um, I wish that everyone finds that because it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. That winds up episode five of the originals, a heartfelt chat with a woman, now Richmond footballer, who is full of heart. Next week, we hear the remarkable tale of another member of the Tiger camp. Courtney Wakefield kicked Richmond's second goal in the club's AFLW debut. But that's not the half of it. I'm Sam Lane. This is the originals. Thank you for listening. Sign off, Brendan Gale. If you like what you hear, share it with your friends family, footy fans, even someone who thinks they don't like footy. And final word, well, maybe two, Peggy O'Neill. Go Tigers.